Market Overdrive is opening day for a big time sports. And since I'm not a sports enthusiast, I have no clue what's going on in the city. All I know is I was late because of traffic. And that's what happens when you live in Chicago. We have a great show for you guys tonight. Uh, if you're watching because you're probably tailgating somewhere, I will be joining you soon. Hopefully, if I could get through traffic. Anyway, we are Market Overdrive and we're here to elevate your real estate IQ. And every time we're on air, we have so much information to give you. So please share our information with your friends. Share, subscribe, and, you know, just share the love. Um, today, we're going to be talking about how to buy properties that have return on investment. Cap rates, net operating income. What does that all that mean? It's real estate jargon, of course, but we have someone here who's super talented and super skilled and is going to give you the one-on-one on how to buy rental property or investment property. We also have a really, really cool hot mom who is here to tell you how to win those bidding wars. And of course, we know it's fourth quarter, so great deals to come. And of course, with me, my Mod Squad. How are you, Joel? Hey, everybody. Mod Squad 2019. We're here to real estate your, uh, you know, elevate your real estate IQ, I should say. You can real estate the IQ too, you know. Well, it's all about, <laughs> it's all about giving back. And that's why we're so excited for what we're going to be talking about today. So we're excited to be here. Giving back. How are you, Miss Tammy? Oh, I'm lovely. I'm happy to be here on game day. <laughs> game day. I was going to say I got gold, but they said it had nothing to do with the colors. And, you know, I'm always messing that up. But anyway, giving back. We had an amazing event at Gibson's Italia, Brunch for a Cause. I want to thank everyone. Seriously, everyone who came out to support. We raised $25,000, you guys. And I wow. think that was amazing. Tammy was in charge of the silent live <laughs> auction. How was yes, that? that was. <laughs> that was adventurous. Uh, yeah, it was great. It was amazing to see so many people from the community come together. Uh, Gibson's Italia. Oh my gosh, did they ever step up and put on their high class show for everyone there? Um, and yeah, raising all that money for the kids. It yeah. was amazing. The food was delicious, you guys. And the customer service at Gibson's Italia. Joel, we have to go over there and celebrate and thank Greg for everything that he's done for us. Um, so what is going on in the trenches? Greg does a good job over there. And you, you can't go out into the market and be hungry. So stop by Gibson's <laughs> Italia. A little plug for you. Hey, here's what's happening right now. You've seen it in the news. Mortgage rates are down. Everything in the market that we're talking about is rate driven. I can't tell you the number of phone calls that Tammy and I get on a daily basis about where rates are at. So what you can do, what are we actually seeing? The Joel Shab team in the last 90 days has closed $38 million of mortgages. And we've what? done it by. Are you been, making those numbers up? 112 closings in the last 90 days. Do you and sleep? We, uh, yes, I sleep very well at night. <laughs> I <laughs> I you know. we, we do it by giving back. And so what, right now what the focus is, is if you can take a property that you've bought in the last three years, remember how hard you fought to get that interest rate. You called three places, you found the right lender, you locked in. It's above the market now. Whatever you locked in last year, the year before, and most of 2016 is above what the rate sheets are today. So go back and talk to your trusted mortgage professional, the person that did your loan, and ask them what they can do for a no-cost refinance. You simply can save hundreds of dollars a month right now, and you don't typically have to pay any of the lender fees. I love that. So can you please just elaborate a little bit on what is a no-cost refinance? Well, the bank will pay it. The fees don't go away, guys. What you're doing is if the best rate in the market today is 3.5%, and you have to pay twenty-two dollars or $2,300 in Illinois for title fees, appraisal, and lender, you might be able to get a rate of 375 
five and pay nothing. If I'm at four and a half percent and I could go down to three, seven, five for free and save two or three hundred dollars, that may be a better scenario than paying all of the fees. So speak with the mortgage professional and figure out which one makes sense for you. Great information, Joel, seriously. And we are also seeing some clients in the past who did loan modifications and um, got, you know, wrapped up in these payment or payment plans, what have you. So have an expert look at your your information and see if there's money you can save. I mean, monthly savings and over the life of the loan, obviously, amortize or pay back over 30 years. It's a significant savings if you're reducing the interest rate that to that low. It really is. So just you want to have that conversation right now in the market. We're seeing things that we haven't seen in almost a decade. Okay, so the rates are right where they should be for you to take advantage. Go pull your mortgage statement call the person that helped you originally uh, and you'll definitely see some savings. Now's the time, guys. To that low. I can't even speak today. So I'm like messing it all up. So what's going on in the trenches, Tammy? Maybe Joel, you could help it out. Joel is so polite because he's like, pull up your statement and call the person that helped you last time. I'd be like, pull up your statement and call me or Joel and yeah. one of us will help you. Um, well, sure, you can or or if you can't you find you your time. statement as most of my clients can, right? Like, right, right. Uh, we will help you call and get on the phone with your lender so that we can figure this out for you. Yeah, no, I, I'm just going to, um, I guess, play devil's advocate with where Joel is coming from because he's absolutely right. We know that we're seeing it all over the news. Rates are uh, the lowest that they've been in the last three years. But on the opposite side of that spectrum, one thing that some people are not talking about as much is the fact that there's volatility in in these rates and in where they are in this low place. And there's also no guarantee that there's gonna, they're going to stay there. Um, a lot of people have projected that there would be a greater drop than there has been, and they're wondering why there wasn't a greater drop. So I'm encouraging clients right now, um, kind of like what Joel was saying, if you have an opportunity to take advantage of a lower rate, it's not going to cost you a lot, do it. One more thing I wanted to add on that, just because I had a, a client run into it this week, um, you can always look at the option of buying down your rate, which is not a lot of people, not a thing that a lot of people talk about. But right now, that means if you have something that's like a 15 year fixed at 3.5, you could buy or sorry, at 3.25 or 3.125, you have the opportunity to buy that down to like a 2.5 and maybe pay, depending on your loan amount size, $2,000, $3,000 and save what, $10,000, $15,000 over that life of that loan. I mean, come on, that that turns into a no-brainer, especially if you're paying it up front out of your equity um, and saving all that money over time that you're going to be paying anyway. So um, that's my thought for the day. Love it. Great information. And seriously, again, this is the information that you need to be reminded because, you know, life happens and maybe you go on about your day and just stop. Take a look at your statement and see if there's something you can do to save money on a monthly basis. So, Joel, who's your superstar guest today? Okay. So before we do that, remember, we're live. So follow us uh, on Instagram, like us on Facebook, uh, subscribe on YouTube, and we are on WGN Plus as well. So with that... We're talking about getting offers, and so often the focus when buyers are submitting an offer is they think that it's 100% price-driven. The focus is making sure that we come in at the highest price. So there's some myths to that, and what we want to do here today is have a conversation with one of our buyer experts that really knows this market. So before we dig in, uh, I have Jessica Kelly here. Jessica, how are you today? I'm wonderful. Thank you for asking. Tell everyone a little bit about your background, where you're at right now in the real estate business, who you work with, and uh, some experience that you want to share with us. 
Yeah, so I am, um, I've been in the industry for about three and a half, three years. Um, I am on a team, Weinberg Choi Residential. So I'm a buyer's agent with this team, um, out of the Keller Williams Lincoln Park office. Um, prior to that, I actually worked with you at Guaranteed Rate and worked in the mortgage industry and some banking <laughs> before. So we love you. We, we, we hated to see you go. You were, you, you're so good at what you do. And now you've been actually able to like spread your wings, go out and do what you were passionate about. Exactly. And we've supported you every step of the way. So super grateful for yeah. you. Thank you so much. Um, so yeah, so I came into the industry kind of coming from banking and, and mortgage background. And, um, yeah, so I'm a buyer's agent. So I help buyers, uh, navigate through the real estate process. And I'm on a team of 11 people with Weinberg Choi and have great support from them. Um, so yeah, so I've been doing this and I do what I love and, um, I'm about to kind of start a new journey with Tell us uh, about this. Where are you at right now? Tell <laughs> you're here with somebody today. Yeah, so um I have a little baby inside of me. Yes. <laughs> I said hot mama, you guys didn't believe me. And, yeah. so, and how how far along are you? So I'm 36 weeks actually today. Oh my um, god. October 4th, she said. So get the hot 10-4. water ready, the towels because it may just happen here. <laughs> my, I say we record it live. <laughs> Come on. Wait, somebody else was recording their 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 their, their wife's birth. That was a Matt, right? Matt, shout out to you because you know, realtors, we work nonstop. Right. So I'm only assuming you're going to be at the ER at the hospital. I will be checking at an open your house. emails, doing negotiations. Exactly. <laughs> and an I will house. give birth. Um, but yeah, I love it. the app said today that she's the size of a Cabbage Patch doll. Oh, so wow. she's oh, getting yikes. bigger. <laughs> Congrats. I love Thank little you. girls. They're a pain in the butt, but you know, we love butt. I love that you're doing that. You're out there. You are so many months along and yet today when I talk to you, you're out with buyers okay oh, yeah <laughs> so one of the things that we're talking about here let's say i'm a buyer right now let's talk about how you can submit a winning offer okay there's some tactics that you wanted to discuss and it's not all about price so give us one what's a way that a buyer right now especially in this fall market can work with a professional like you and what is a strategy that some people might not know about yeah so um i think when working with you know, presenting an offer, having a real, a relationship potentially with that seller's agent and having a good conversation just before even presenting offers to find out what that seller's motivation is. Um, a lot, you can get a lot of information in those phone calls and those emails and texts leading up to submitting an offer. It's not always just about the price. So sometimes in situations that I found, it was about, you know, we work we work with people and sometimes it was, you know, that we met their terms, yes, right? You came up with something their- other than just price, which is so cool because as most buyers, what they think is I need to be at the best price and that's exactly. not the case. So you actually would go out and ask, what are some of the terms that a seller would want? If I'm a seller, don't I just want price? I want the best price, right? Well, yeah. I mean, if that could be part of it. And I think, you know, when talking to a seller in in this specific instance, you know, they wanted a clean package. They wanted to know that from beginning to end, there was going to be no missteps and other offers that were submitted, you know, pre-approval prices or pre-approvals didn't match, down payment amounts didn't match the offer amount. So there was minor details that got missed and they 
we're concerned that, you know, if we accept this offer, what other details are going to get missed down the road that are going to cause this to be a difficult transaction? Carla, do you see the same thing? Sorry to cut you off there, but submitting an offer and getting something that's clean, that makes sense as a seller, isn't that more appealing than just having the highest price? I love that you're saying that because you're really taking it down to more of the execution part, right? Mm-hmm. It's working with the team. It's understanding, you know, how to write an offer and write it correctly. Cause any detail that's being missed, the seller is going to make an assumption on the way the transaction is going to go. So this person sent in the wrong information. So how do we even know if this person, this buyer can even afford to buy this, this home if their pre-approval doesn't match the offer exactly. price? And then as a realtor, as a listing agent, I'm annoyed that I have to hunt you down to get the correct information so that I can go then present it to my clients to advise them on what's the best uh, what's best buyer or best offer to take. Yeah. Um, part of the can you go back and explain to our audience what is a buyer's agent or what is a buyer's specialist? Because um, I know as agents, right? We're we're realtors, we're brokers, we help people buy and sell property. But you're saying that your focus and your spe- specialization is working with buyers, specifically buyers. So yeah, so I mean when I. When it comes to showings, when it comes to getting to that point where we're about to submit an offer, you know, negotiations all the way to the closing. I mean, that's my specialty. That's what I'm focusing on. So it gives me kind of a leg up when it comes time to, you know, work with buyers because I've had the experience you know, multiple times that week with taking people out and showing people properties and doing the negotiation. So I have relationships with lots of different people and I have a team that I know I can lean on and trust. And when I'm presenting those offers, you know, hey, I already have my inspector lined up. I already have my attorney lined up. This lender I've worked with 10 times this week. And this is how I can sh- tell you, like, this is going to get done and this is going to get done in a timely fashion. So tell me another one. So now we have like the plan. We're actually executing, and that's this common sense. We're actually putting together an offer that works, it makes sense, and it's logical. But now tell me, when we were talking off air, you were talking about how you can actually ask the seller some other terms that they want. It's not all about price. Tell us some of the ones that you've closed where maybe the seller wanted to close further down the line than a typical closing? Yeah. So I had, um, you know, uh, um, somebody, an empty nester, basically, that was selling. She had, you know, a, a place to move lined up and it was all about the closing day. She did, she was wiggle, you know, the price was negotiable. And I think if, if the terms met her closing date, that was the most important thing to her. So in that case, you know, if you can kind of stretch things to make that need meet, but knowing that motivation, definitely gets you a leg up where most people will think, I'll just throw mon- money at it, I'll throw a higher price and, it, and I'll get the deal. Well, in that situation, that wasn't the case. She wanted to stay through the time and it was more of an emotional experience for her to have that deadline be the time, not the money. So working with somebody like Jessica, you actually get something. You're actually having somebody that works for you and isn't afraid to ask those questions to the listing agent. What did they want? In this case, most of the people think it's just about the dollar amount of the offer. What she did was actually ask them, if I met certain terms, would you accept this lower offer? And normally they think, I want a fast close. This was one where they wanted to close several months out. It wasn't a fast closing. So that's really cool. Okay. I'm glad that you shared that with us. Can we talk about those sellers that are in fact looking at the bottom line, right? So I, we're closing tomorrow. So, but this particular seller had lived in this, in this property for like 21 years. This was her, you know, end goal. This was her long-term savings 
plan. Mm-hmm. So she did pay it off and she's liquidating and she's moving in with her, with her daughter. And money was very important to her. And the property was significantly overpriced. I mean, like by 60,000, right? And (laughs) when a property sits on the market for a very long time, you have to educate that person. Mm -hmm. And in this scenario, the listing agent is the daughter-in-law. And she had a hard time expressing to her mother-in-law that the property's value, she was comping it out as a new construction because she's seeing all these new constructions. They're like, well, they're (laughs) selling for like 800, you know, and I'm at 550. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not new construction. Well, yeah. I'm larger than the new construction or the renovated products. I mean, I saw something that was built in 2018 for less than her property. You know? Oh, my goodness. So it was kind of one of those neighborhoods where, yeah, you're coming, but you're up and coming, but you're still not there yet. So what do you say to a buyer who may have fallen in love? Like my client loved the space, um, but the property was just, you know, it wasn't priced correctly. Yeah. So in those, you know, situations, you're kind of battling emotion with logic and logic with emotion in those situations. So, you know, if the comps make sense, then yeah, then then logic will take over. And if we're kind of feeding into that emotion, then, you know, we're going to beat that with logic. So showing them the numbers that make sense. So I think in those circumstances, yeah, running the numbers showing, hey, this is this is the reality of what the market is at right now. And you are so far off of this, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to sit on the market longer? Here I have a strong buyer ready to go. Like, let's do this. We can make this happen. So so you do encourage buyers to be bold and present an offer, even if they think that the seller is not motivated. I think the market is sort of adjusting itself now, fourth quarter, right? Exactly. Um, there's a little cool breeze in the air. Everybody Don't say starts- that. It's still summer. It's still <laughs> it's summer. It's cold Come outside. On. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> there's a cool breeze out there. Um, and I feel like, well, I'm seeing that, you know, things are kind of slowing down and we're getting hit with price adjustments on our inbox. Most of the listings are like price oh, adjustments. Yeah. Price are decreasing. So it's a great time to buy, right? If you're still shopping um, and just be aggressive because that may have been a, you know, summer market value. And now that we're adjusting, maybe that seller doesn't want to sit on the market or wait until the springtime to to sell and kept, you know, get a buyer. So do you encourage people to go out and shop and and find something now and be bold? Absolutely. Yeah, be bold. I mean, it's submitting those offers. And like I said, it's throwing your hat in the game like you People sometimes get scared, new buyers sometimes about, you know, submitting an offer, but it's like, hey, throw your hat. Let's get in the ring. Let's see what we can get. We can always negotiate terms and kind of come to, we just got to start the conversation. Let them know we're serious. Hey, this is, you know, we're strong buyers. We're strong candidates and we can make this work. Especially in the fall market, what we're seeing yes. right now is that we all we do have a lot less buyers that are out there. If you needed to buy, you bought. Now that the school season is here and mm-hmm. kids are back in school, the only people that are out there that are buying are pretty serious. Mm-hmm. You really, if you're shopping right now, you probably need to buy something. Yeah. And so by taking a approach that Jessica talked about, quick little recap, getting your offer straight, getting the terms correct, knowing who the attorney is, filling out the lender section. Isn't that a pet peeve? With Joel's name in it? Yeah, with my name or somebody that you like, okay? Somebody that works for you. And the idea is submitting these offers where it's blank, it means they're still like wishy-washy on who they're using. That's not the strongest offer. So I really like that approach, having it all buttoned up so that you can submit it and say, maybe this isn't the highest price that you want, but look at how serious we are. We have X, Y, and Z lined up, and we're ready to close. 
And you have your whole team, so you already have the inspector lined up. So you're like, you can have an inspection within two to three days. Again, it's who you're working with and who you're allowing to represent you in this huge investment, right? Mm-hmm. And I, you guys have heard it from multiple agents that come here and share their stories about how they're winning bids out there. Right now, the market is adjusting, but you still want someone who knows what they're doing that's going to have the time to make sure everything's done correctly. And more importantly, that's going to be bold to go ahead and present offers, even for properties that may or may not be overpriced. And remember, there's no mistakes in real estate. There is always a third party that's going to oversee making sure everything's okay. Your attorney is going to look at the terms. The Mm -hmm. appraiser is going to look at the value. There's a lot of checks and balances. So trust your experts. Thank you so much for hanging Thank out with you. us, Jess. Thank I'm going to you change your name me. to Jess <laughs> Kelly. I like that, Jess Kelly. Where can we find you so after yeah. birth? <laughs> after birth. Um, so I am at uh, Keller Williams Lincoln Park with the Weinberg Choi Residential. Um, but I Shout am out on to Choi. We to miss Tommy you. And Josh. Tommy and Josh. Um, yes. So grateful for them and the team. But um, I'm on Instagram, our Chicago Home Realty. Um, yeah. So come come by and we have a huge party coming up Uh, (laughs) Chicago Association of Realtors is doing their inaugural Mm -hmm. and it's one of our YPN originals right it was Tommy Nico Carla Matt (laughs) name drop look at her name drop did you see it can we rewind that look at that who is this are you kidding me this is hard work in real estate when you have a team that started at YPN all novice brokers who didn't know what the hell we were doing to now Maurice Hampton being the next president I mean, awesome. seriously, I'm so proud of these guys. They're yeah. they're amazing. And I love Choi. And Nico, you guys know I hire you. I mean, we're always there for each other. So you're in great hands. Yes. Thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for coming to share and spitting all this knowledge me. with us. Got to tell Joel sometimes, you know, because he thinks he knows everything about real estate, including <laughs> the buy side of things. <laughs> Thank you so much. So, Joel, it's great information. I mean, I, I, I hear it all the time and people are going to start to say, well, you guys talked about, you know, bidding wars all the time. But it's cool to get different perspectives from different realtors because we all transact differently. I like that it was a buyer's agent that really knew what she was talking about, because when it is a time to submit an offer, there's no wrong offer. OK, getting that offer and maybe you offend the seller, but it's not usually the case. So finding out what the terms that would really get the seller motivated was so key. We have not talked about that. We haven't had an agent on that actually addressed, why don't I actually ask the seller what they would want to get the deal done? And maybe it's a comb, or maybe it's a brush, or maybe it's one of those things <laughs> that they want other than just the you price. You so focused! You know, My you don't hair know what is, it is a mess Fine. because I'm sorry, I was working all day, and I literally just had time. See, you know a hardworking girl when she can't even do her nails. I'm so like excited about my hair, but my nails, but my hair is a hot mess. So I don't care about the can price, just can I get a scrunchie and a comb and some big sexy hairspray let's go my birthday's coming up so thank you for noticing that carla needs some major help with her hair anyway you guys we've been on air for like five years now going into six years so it's intense we've literally interviewed mostly everybody who's who in chicago real estate but you've heard me say right for you know, summer, spring market, it's about rehab, flipping, making money, cashing out. But then fourth quarter is where you start to buy properties that you can actually hold for long term. And today to talk to you about how to go about doing that is not Tammy. No, not, not me today. I mean, I'll talk about it if you want me to. But we have with us uh, a, a guest who has been here before. So she's a familiar face to, to some of you guys. Um, she is here to talk about leveraging for wealth in any market. I love that. Mastering your ROI. 
R O I. How are you? Which is R O R O U R O I. R O I stands for return on investment. Uh, so yeah, here to talk to us today is the one and only Ami Bumia. Hi guys, Thank welcome you. back, love. How are you? Good. I'm it's doing been well. a bit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, only two weeks. Yeah. I know you miss me. I do. I do. <laughs> I love it. By the way, I love the fact that it's girl power. Sorry, Joel. That no, no offense taken. No, no, <laughs> no, I'm cool. I'm Women taking over the <laughs> investment front. Will is in the studio, right? Will is a producer, and Will is also an investor. He flips properties and he also buys and holds properties. So, not being mean and excluding you, gentlemen, but you know, it's kind of hard. It's really difficult for women i mean i'm in the middle of a flip right now and it's hard to you know interview contractors without them looking at me like oh does she know or does it she know what she's talking i'm like dude this is like my fifth flip like relax so how is it that you're that you're managing this business of investing well investors come out this is the time of year that investors come out into the market and it's you know fourth quarter so people are ready to unload their properties based on the shift that we're having um, this year in 2019, I think they're extra eager because they've been saving their pennies or flipping properties that they just kind of like extricated themselves out of. Um, I'm sure they did just fine. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the biggest thing I want to talk about is capitalization rates. Um, a capitalization rate will give you an idea of where to purchase a property or if you're selling, where to price the property at because you want it to be attractive to somebody that, that's out in the market especially if your goal is ultimately to unload. So let me shift the brain mm-hmm. here a little bit because you're talking, you're going straight into so cap rates, right? No, not fast, but we just had Jazz here, Jazz Kelly, talk about buying residential property per se, right? Commercial mm-hmm. property. Not that multi-units are commercial properties, but they're perceived as such. And and when and I like to kind of shift the brain a little bit because I like to say that when you're buying multi-units, you're actually acquiring a company. It's going to create and generate income for you. So the customers are actually the tenants, right? And the way you analyze this property is not whether, oh, it feels good because I want to host Thanksgiving here or I'm going to have my child's birthday here. You're going to look at it from an investment perspective. And one way to analyze an investment property is through cap rates, capitalization. So having said that, can you please expand and kind of like, you know, just simmer it down so people can understand how do you analyze cap rates? So capital rates, capitalization rates are very easy to calculate. It'll take about five minutes if you have all your numbers in front of you. Um, basically, it's your the amount of rental income that you get for all the units that are in the in the in the building. It could be two, it could be four, it could be six and up. Um, and then you subtract your expenses. So you'd have to if you are paying for some utilities, you would subtract that. If you've got a, obviously you'll, you may have a mortgage, you want to subtract that and your taxes. And once that number gets very clear. You divide that by um, by the by the purchase price. So, and that's how a buyer can determine if this is the right number in Chicago. I would say a general rule of thumb is at minimum a five percent cap rate. If it goes up to eight or nine, you're doing really good. Um, but that's the average to kind of take a look at. Um, and that can and when you think about buying a, a an investment property like this, I think it's important to come up with a plan. How quickly do you want to stay? Into, how quickly do you want to buy it? How long do you want to stay in it? And if you're thinking about flipping, then that's a whole different um, different conversation. Right. Yeah. This should not be confused with flipping, right? Because no. this is a long-term gains kind of project. Yeah. So let's go back again to the cap rate. What she discussed was taking off the numbers, the layers of expenses, so you can get to your net operating income. And that's your annual net operating income. So you have the total income from the rental yield minus whatever you're covering for utilities, water bill, garbage. Also, you can reduce some vacancies there and have some miscellaneous. So you get to that 
clean number of net operating income. How much are you generally going to make at the end of the year after you buy that product? And really what you're looking at is how long is it going to take for you to recoup your investment? So your cap rate is going to tell you, is it going to take me six years to get my money back that I've invested? Or, you know, at which, at what, what period of time am I going to start, you know, making money or being profitable for the acquisition of this product? So this is why I love real estate, right? I love it because, and I get really excited about this because it's seriously, it's creating wealth. And I like to say, and this is my thing, for your children's children. When you're buying investment properties, you're not buying it for a five-year plan or a three-year plan. You're buying it for a 10-year plan, right? So that you can go up and down with these markets, but it's still so utilitarian because in some cases, some buyers can actually live and use this vehicle and still make money out of it. I mean, what other investment product can you use or can you acquire that's going to do that for you, Tammy? Yeah, no, I mean, I 100% agree. And and you and I talk about this all the time. Ami and I talk about this all the time. I talk with my Uber drivers about it all the time. (laughs) It is anyone who listens. (laughs) Really important to look at the possibility, especially when you're talking about an investment property that could uh, be a multi-unit, because then you're talking about now you're not collecting one rent, you're collecting multiple rents. and that's one thing that I was actually wanting to ask you specifically, Ami, is that a lot of people that I talk to about this um, or about real estate and investing in general don't, if they're not already in the investing game, they don't necessarily tend to believe that it's going to be easy for them to get into the game. Most of them talk to me um, coming from a perception of that it's outside their reach somehow. So uh, what what do you think about that? I think that uh, if someone's interested in getting involved in being in in investing, I think that they can always start small. I start. I have a client that I've started uh, working with 15 years ago, and he started small. We bought a unit that was $150,000, and he was just testing the waters. I mean, he certainly could have afforded more, but he was being very conservative, and he just wanted to know what it felt like. Like, is this going to work for me? How long is it going to take? me to pay this off? At what point, just like Carla was mentioning, at what point am I going to start prof- profiting from this? And is it going to be a long-term goal? Like, is it going to be something that I use until I buy my forever home? Or is this going to be something that I cash out at when my children go to college? You know, it is a long-term, it was a long-term hold for him. And what he ended up doing after I, you know, we discussed it was kind of going through these numbers. We actually created this spreadsheet. It was like the first time I created a spreadsheet that meant anything to anybody. <laughs> and, um, and we included like all of those little small charges, like property management fees, water bills, taxes. And then what's the plus or minus, you know, when there's a vacancy, you know, there might be months that you don't have a tenant in there. So you've got to account for those things. And, um, and I think it was, um, important for me to see what they what they cared about because it was we can always look at it from a numbers perspective it's unemotional but for someone who's thinking about their future and wants to diversify their portfolio this is probably the best way to go about it i mean he was being conservative and he and he was tipping his toe in the, in the water right i mean and since then we've bought i don't eight other properties and he's recently sold two of them because he ended up you know getting married and having a house and wanting a bigger house and that's and that was his kind of nest egg to be able to be able to go do this house and have a house that he loved. I love it. I love that it's the end goal for a lot of people. And when you say, you know, you don't have to go big, you can start small. Mm-hmm. When instead of looking at it from like the big 
ticket item, right? Like a two hundred fifty or one hundred fifty thousand dollar acquisition. Look at it from my monthly payment. If I'm used to pay, pay, uh, spending twelve hundred dollars in in rental and paying for rent, I'm going to buy something that's twelve hundred dollars um, on a monthly basis. So if my tenant moves, I don't feel overwhelmed with the debt, and I can carry it and pay for it myself. Or you know, if I can extend it a little bit and go into eighteen hundred, and know that maybe I'm going to get a thousand dollars from rental income, and then you know I'm going to offset the payment that way. Whatever makes you feel comfortable and allows you to sleep at night, go for it and do it. I can share stories of families or or just women, right, that have done this and you'd never believe it. Women who, and I work with the Latino community a lot, a lot of my clients don't even speak English. So I literally have to translate all the documents. And when I say women like Gloria Mena, we just closed a property uh, recently, actually last week, she bought a four unit building, rental income was about 4,000 and the monthly payment was about 23 or so, Right. This is her third property, (laughs) one of which is already paid in full, doesn't speak English and works at a factory. My other client, Blanca, she bought a property at 3444 North Osage. She doesn't speak English, also works at a factory. She literally saved for down payment for a whole three years. And now she has this property where she's going to be living in the basement. And she's got a pretty one bedroom unit uh, in the basement. And then she's renting the first and second floors and literally in one of the nicest neighborhoods in the city of Chicago. And the mortgage is being paid for by the tenants. And so she's living here for free, literally. And when we're talking about like start small, as long as you can afford the payment, why not do it? And I'm talking about like, you know, there's some of us who are college graduates, some of us who have like secure jobs and are still not doing it. And it's like, okay, but these people are willing to take the risk or these women or these men and you're not doing it yet. You have like what the $60,000 income that you're making, but you're spending all your money at Starbucks or hanging out every weekend at brunch. Right. So I don't mean to preach, but that's the reality of our generations. Um, I have these women who are older, they're mothers, and they're single mothers in some cases, and they're taking these risks because they have to do it for their families. But we need to awaken our millennials a little bit. And Sarah's not here to defend herself, but we preach about this all the time. She says the same thing. (laughs) Sarah, our our resident millennial, says the exact same thing. I think it's it's imperative for people to understand. And let's go back to the education process part of it. You said something about like, you know, a, a decent, right? A saved cap rate is about five to eight percent. You're doing well, twelve percent, you're golden. Can you explain to us what makes it a five percent versus an eight percent cap rate in the various neighborhoods? Um the well the cap rates vary from neighborhood to, to neighborhood, um, just based on the it ultimately it comes down to your purchase price, right? As when you when you divide all the money of the income that you're getting and their sales price. And when, when you kind of put those numbers together is what you're, what's going to generate your cap rate. Right. And in certain neighborhoods, a 5% cap rate is, is very good, especially when there are higher price points and you're looking, you're talking about four to six units. There are, you know, a million, two million plus your cap rates are going to be, tend to be a little bit lower. You go into, um, neighborhoods where they aren't fully developed yet and you might be able to buy a three unit, uh, three unit building, but it generates an, an 8% cap rate. So, you know, it's location is very important because it depends on how long you're going to hold. You're not going to see appreciation right away. Your property, um, the value may go down in the first few years, but that's similar to any stock, right? You invest in a stock, it may go down, you know, no one's flipping out about it. But then, and then maybe in year five, you start seeing the gains because the product, you know, whatever you've invested has grown. Um, and it's the same with real estate. So um, I think it's important to 
number one, there's a checklist that I always go through with my with my buyers. Ooh, of, a checklist. Yeah. She's got checklist. Yeah. How do we get our hands on <laughs> that checklist? <laughs> um, the checklist, yeah. Create a business plan. Just like you said, you are you are creating a business when you become an investor. And so that's number one. Any anytime somebody opens up a business, you need a business plan. So that's number one. Um, think about the locations you want to um, invest your your money into. If you feel like there's an opportunity for growth, you can obviously uh, lean on your your financial planner, your realtor, your um, lender, your, your and, team, yeah, yeah, your whole team, right? And talk to them about um, what their opinions are. And of course, you know, everyone chimes in with their opinions, and that's <laughs> that's always great. But numbers numbers roll. Rachel, right, Tammy? Right, I do. Like, what? What? It is. It's. It's about knowing the risk, and, and it's exactly what you said, right? The different neighborhoods are going to have different cap rates depending on the acquisition cost. How much is it going to cost you to buy into the neighborhood? But obviously, you know, a more conservative neighborhood, for example, Gold Coast, Lincoln Park, Lakeview, they're going to have lower cap rates because yes, the pricing is going to be higher, and also growth is going to be. It's always going to be a stable market. It's not going to be a risky investment, like you said. If you go to a lower price and up up-and-coming neighborhood, you're going to get more of that income wow right away um, and then appreciation over time. Now, when you talk about being an investor, right, and having the team, you're talking about, um, you know, having a lender, having a realtor, have a business plan. Tammy, can you tell us from the lending perspective, like how much money do we need to get started and what does it look like? Like how can I afford or be approved for a product like this? Oh, you're asking my favorite question, Carla. Um, you know, if you're going to buy something right out the gate, then you need to be able to have 25% down if you're not going to be living in it. That's a general rule of thumb for an investment property. There are some exceptions, uh, but generally that's what you're looking at. But the beautiful caveat is that if you have the opportunity to use a first-time homebuyer program, you can put just 5% down on the Freddie Mac side, 3.5% down on the FHA side, and get yourself into a two to four unit. And exactly like the scenarios you guys were just talking about, let the people paying rents in the other unit pay for you to live there while you are gaining equity in the home. Um, my absolute favorite scenario to, to put people in those homes, um, which I think is awesome. But I also have a couple more questions for Ami and I don't want to run out of time. I wanted to ask you, Ami, what, um, what would you tell somebody who is just maybe starting out? Maybe they've never gotten an investment property before um, about getting started. Getting started, I would definitely um, pinpoint some neighborhoods that they're interested in, in investing into, you know, whether it's some, somewhere that they go to all the time or they feel is up and coming. Um, do your research. I think um, staying out on the sidelines for a little while and watch and observing what the market does uh, just to understand the highs and lows is very important to getting comfortable with being an investor, right? Because there are going to, we are going to brunt storms. We're in the middle of a shift right now. Um, and I think that doing your homework and pinpointing those things just so you can start seeing data points and trends for yourself, we can explain it to you. Your team can explain it to you all day long. You are never going to be comfortable with it until you actually feel it and see it. So it's a little bit of focus. And that's the first thing I always, um, I usually tell, tell my investor clients and then also just give them a range of where, where they should expect to land. You know, this is reasonable. Um, they need goals of, we all need goals. We all need goals. Yes, we all sure. need goals. But they need goals of where they want to land and what to expect. And so when it does happen, they're not shell shocked, right? And they're all, you know, people are like, oh, I just did this. And then they get overwhelmed. So the second part of that is just to have a game plan in, in place of what to do, how to go about um, getting a tenant in there. What are, what's the best time of year to do that? And if they want to, 
um, get the best price, they may not get a tenant in there right away. So they have to certainly account for those things. And those are the conversations that we like to have in order to prep, prep them for their first time investor investment. That's wonderful. People should take that on the playback and just rewatch it and take notes. <laughs> um, so exciting. You also have an announcement to make today live on the show. Yeah, we saved the best wow. for last. I, I, okay, drum roll. I, guess. I like drum rolls. <laughs> Let's know, do it, guys. I love drum ever. rolls. Here we go. <laughs> well, I just uh, joined forces with Jameson Sotheby's. So. Oh, wow. That's oh, cool. Yeah. Wow, look Party at you. Congrats. Um, so it's back home. I was there a few years ago, um, but we're back to, we're back to our, our family, and it feels very, very good. Yay. Congrats. Thank I you. love it. It's so it's craziness when you move your business from one to one to one place, one brokerage to the other. But you know, it's all about the realtor and the customer service that you get from a realtor and you're amazing. I mean, you really know your stuff. Right. Yep. And that's what matters. It's not like the big brokerage that we have. Um, obviously the support is great and you want to be with the brokerage that you trust, but ultimately it's about your team. It's about the, your lender partners, your inspector partners. And like Kelly said, um, Jessica Kelly said, it's all about like the team that you have behind each client. And I think it's important, especially when, when you can really dissect an investment purchase like that, because I don't think everybody understands how to buy. And you'll notice too in the business, uh, in real estate, the listing sheets are going to have information that's missing. That's gonna, you're gonna be like, okay, so how much water? What's the, what's the cost for water? And they're saying, well, your net operating income is such, but then they're not listing all the expenses, right? So uh, garbage, so like all the expenses, nothing is there. So then your your agent has to call the listing agent and say, hey, can we get that rent roll? Can we get that information? So you have to align yourself with someone that really knows the business, especially when it comes to this. And the advice that you gave about being in the sidelines and kind of watching it and growing it, understanding, I think that's kick ass because a lot. Of people yeah. just want to do it and then they get stuck and they're like oh crap yeah right? i agree i agree tammy one question for you when it comes to buying a property that's an investment property a lot of people are always shopping by value the purchase price right you yeah. said start small but when it comes to optimizing your rental yield sometimes you may have to spend more money for something that is more turnkey but guess what you're making more money from the rental income because it's turnkey right. and it's going to be less in management because you don't have to keep going to fix things yeah so what is your advice for a buyer that's focusing on um, their acquisition or their purchase on pricing versus like the, the big picture of buying this company per se? Just don't. Oh, <laughs> don't okay. do so that. Don't buy. No, no, not don't buy. <laughs> don't do that. Don't focus just on the on the price. Um, obviously, if you have a trusted team, that team is going to tell you whether or not you are going to be making money on this purchase. That's part of my job. It's part of your job. Um, it's everybody in this room. We That's what we do for the client. Um, so you can trust that. And not only that, but you'll be able to see it on paper in the numbers. Um but what you don't want to do is get it locked in your head that you need to buy at a particular value. One of the main reasons that that is not going to work anyway is because no three bedroom is created equal no, or no two three bedrooms are created equal. No two three flats are created equal. Um, different properties are going to have different taxes. Um, some will have HOA fees. So you have to be able to take that into account. The more that you're paying in those areas, the less of that same dollar amount uh, mortgage payment money is going to be able to fit in the in the principal and interest, which means you're buying less property because of it. So it's it's a huge dynamic, but it's something we work with every day. And you're going to want to look at a range of homes and see where your greatest cash flow is. Love it. Great information. Again, see, it's tons of information on the show. We have great talents that come in. I mean, 
creme of the creme, right? These women are, today was all women. Uh, Joel, do you feel like outnumbered here? Well, it's not about, it's not, it's not numbers. That's coming up tonight for the game. Okay. okay. There's going to be a lot of numbers on the bears. Okay. But it's a girl team and I love it because it goes to show you that we're all investing. We're all in the trenches and we're really doing this. So where can we get a hold of you? I love. You can get a hold of me at amibumia.com, um, also on the Jameson website. And that soothing voice, you know, not like Carla. Ah! She's like, you can get a hold of me. No. <laughs> I like to keep it calm these days. <laughs> right? Especially when you're out there showing rental properties. It's insane. Can I tell you, just because I know I'm supposed to go, but I have to share the story. I was shopping with this girl, and I went to the south side of Chicago, and it was a two-flat, and every room had a lock. They're literally yeah. doing an Airbnb thing. And I was like, wait, what? It was like a super cool system. They were cleaning. Every room had like bunk beds and they're making a lot of money. But I mean, hello, different show. But there's people making money in real estate, you guys. Did you just censor yourself? I did. Beep. <laughs> Beep. That's amazing. Sorry. Carry on, Joel. What are we doing next? Well, I like what she talked about there, that this was a good guest to have. Because when we talk about cap rates, one of the things that I always like to equate it back to, if I had 500 grand in the bank, what is the interest rate that I'm getting on that money, right? And could I put that money to better use by buying a two, three, or four unit building? That's how we're actually able to get better interest rates and just saving that money in a checking, saving is their brokerage account. So if you're out there listening and you hear cap rate or capitalization rate, what we're really talking about is what does that building return? What's the interest rate? All right. And do you guys look at that when you're financing these deals? Do you take into consideration the NOI? Heck yes, we do. FYI. <laughs> yes. We look at when, when clients are buying a property that's going to be an investment, we always look at, at, uh, cash flow. That's why would we, why would we, you know, advise somebody to buy something that's not going to get them a higher ROI when something over here can. And I the other it. cool thing is that you can look at what is the projected income, right? So if the, the property is vacant, you can look at what the rentals are for the area. And if you did a little TLC, what it could potentially rent for. So you're always making money. Again, it's it's not that complicated, but there is some intricacies involved with buying multi-units. And then when you get to the level of where you can hire somebody to do the property management, I think that's when you've actually arrived, right? Because you can <laughs> leverage this portfolio and you can you could just be the... Uh, the 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 CEO, but not the operations person. You can really get a team going. So, speaking of making money, here's a yeah. guy who looks like a million bucks always. <laughs> Ken Monroe, how are you? I just bought my looks. Oh god, are you tan? Why are you so nice tan. and tan? Yeah. Look I at that. Tan. Where have I you was been? In Texas. I was oh. floating on the San Marcos River this weekend. With Did my you daughter. come back with an oxen- accent? Do they have a Texas? Not accent? yet. Not yet. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, look at that. So here R-O-I, you are. N O I. All these. BTP. BTP. <laughs> Beat the Packers. There it is. Okay, uh, we're not doing this. I'm done. I, this is where I leave. <laughs> yeah. And officially, we've ended the real one-on-one about real estate. So now we're moving on to Tammy and Joel can take this and can be come in and talk about what's going on in the Chicago scene. What's up in the scene? The 100th anniversary of the NFL kicking off tonight. Woo-hoo. Where does the NFL decide what to pick mean? to celebrate the 100th anniversary? Where else? Chicago. My couch. Right? They're amazing. at Soldier Field tonight. It is the 100th anniversary and it's a really cool thing to have you on. What you always do is you tell people that are in the city really the things that are happening. So often you're in the city and it happens to me. The weekend goes by and I go, oh, I missed that. So what are some of the must-see well, things right. that we yep. don't want to miss this weekend, other than Bears, okay? Well, well, in addition to the Bears game itself, right? So right now, if you scramble down to Grant Park, there's a free concert put on by the NFL to oh. uh, launch the season. So Meek Mill is uh, leading off as the headliner. and it's big. Uh, 
Megan Trainer and and so on Rhapsody and so it's a really cool free event, wow. uh, free concert in the city, and then uh, it's early you would think, but it's about to kick off Oktoberfest season. Whoa! Oh, yeah, not yet. Oh, it's like first talk about pumpkin spice right latte, right? And here comes Oktoberfest, right? <laughs> right? So uh, yeah, Lincoln Square, uh, two huge tents. Uh, it's going to be a great party, September sixth to September eighth. Uh, all weekend long, and then uh, Riot Fest for all you rockers. Ooh, that's fun. Right? That's awesome. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Blink One Eighty Two. Uh, who else is playing? Slayer, Bikini Kill, uh, Rise Against. So l- really cool lineup. Um, Douglas is that this Park. weekend? Yeah. Okay, in Doug- Douglas Park. Yeah, Douglas Park, which is cool because you know everything happens downtown. It seems like, and this is North Lawndale, and it spreads things out a little bit. The city loves. You gotta that. go out and venture into the city right? and really love what we have going on with the different neighborhoods and parks. And how do you stay in the know? Like, how can someone just? I'm bored. Like, how do I? I how do I channel my inner Ken Monroe? To the city and there are all these millennials, right? It's like the millennial force. <laughs> See, I was giving you a plug so you can start talking Falcon, about the neighborhood the ambassadors, force. and you can talk me. about these people who are going to be like, you know, <laughs> tweeting you can or go do fast not tweet alone, anymore, or you can go far together. Oh. Right? <laughs> she did set you up for that one, though, Ken. Right? The neighborhood. We want to hear about the neighborhood program. Oh, the neighborhood program. Yeah. Well, so the whole idea about it is, you know, we have uh, eight layers of media where we talk about what's going on. In every one of the different neighborhoods we're deploying, we've got four of our neighborhood ambassadors deployed now, putting another 26 out there. To I literally got all the requests to like all these different pages. And I'm like, how does he have the time? But I guess this is how you stay in the know. Well, that's how in the, know. The, the whole city stays in the know, right? And that's the idea is, is with uh, all the different things that are going on, you know, not everyone from Pilsen knows about what's going on in Andersonville, but they might want to check it out. It's just like... The Oktoberfest event in Lincoln Square. Lincoln Square is cool. I mean, it's a I really love Lincoln yeah. Square. It's right. got cute little shops. Awesome. Right. I love it's it. It's perfect for families. My kids love going up there. Well, and the great thing about it is knowing when to go experience it in its best light. Yeah, right? true. And so whether it's Pilsen Fest or whether it's the Oktoberfest in, in Lincoln Square and so on, you know, just knowing when to go experience that, and that's what the whole idea is, right? To share it at a citywide level i love sharing this information with you guys because again we're real estate right we're in the business we're selling zip codes and we're selling lifestyles and each neighborhood offers different things for different people and this is what's going on thank you so much ken and if you want to follow ken you can follow him and find him I mean, and learn about his events text uh, text the word scene to three one three one three one that's puts you on our list of all the different events and features going on around say that the city. again that's yeah, really seriously. cool that's, yeah, that's the first like, time okay. you say that scene yeah s-c-e-n-e to three one three one three one. Wow! And uh, that automatically puts you on the list. And you know, the other thing that it does is, you know, sometimes we get advanced tickets, uh, discounted tickets to future events. So we'll be soon talking about our next Red and Shy event that we'll be doing uh, close to the end of October. That'll be really cool. And uh, we're looking at doing some things also at the Field Museum. So classy! Look at this. Yeah, it's it. a so full you said rounded. three what? I know I'm texting it right now. It's hard. It's a lot of numbers. Let's try it. Let's see if I remember it. Is it 31311? Text the text scene. Three one. Three one. I wanted to say three one one. Spelled S C E N E. Whatever you guys. Oh, I have a lot of things in my head. See? You're now on our oh, text list. You're it works. Like here, she knows how to follow. Now I got an error an message. Now you're an insider. Yeah. I want to show you my. Oh, I did. I made it. Congratulations. You are now <laughs> on the list. Hey. Like, am I getting VIP here too? No. Why were you holding out on us, Ken? Like she doesn't. Like she doesn't already. Like she doesn't already. Where's my video? Did you tell Joel about the video you produced? That was amazing. Uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) This is already yelling at me. 
You, you did you see it? Oh, it was it was everywhere. Not only did you raise a lot of money, but the production no, level. No, 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 no. This is a different one. It's a different video. Different video. There's so many good videos. videos. No. So that's so probably videos. the biggest news is we're doing you know video production Sorry. on a yes, really okay. high level for for especially in the real estate community. So go to we'll share with you the uh, open house video for your listing. Oh. Uh, Boss, uh, you're yep. gonna love it. It's, it was sick. Yeah, you're yeah. in there. You're in there in spades, a little bit, right? like yep. the two seconds. Yeah, you're like, looking pretty cool over. in it. In spades for two seconds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's all I need. Just Those are all you need. Is actually, actually, your beautiful wife has a much bigger part in it than you do. That, that's, oh, everyone cares that's about more about it's Christine than me. Yeah, Today, that's what the show is. is all about. Ken, thank you so thank much you. for visiting us and sharing this information and letting us be in the Viet. Yeah, go Bears. So. This is why we love having him on. I was saying it before, you go through an entire weekend and how many times you say, oh, I forgot, I didn't know about that. That's what the 2019 season of WGN Market Overdrive is all about. We're not only just elevating your real estate IQ, but you tune in, you find out things that are happening in and around the city. So if you're just tuning in for the first time, remember to follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook. You can also subscribe on YouTube. Carla. Yes, Joel. Here, present. <laughs> I love how he calls me, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> lots of things going on. It's crazy. Um, anyway, but we're going. Let's reshift our brains. We're reshifting all day today. That's right. Um, about investing. Let's go back to what, uh, how we can educate you and help you grow. We talk about investing. We talk about buying residential property. We talk about building your business. Last week, last show, we talked to John. Was it? Where he came in and talked to us about being a coach and helping us grow and surpass our why. Scott Hansen. I'm sorry, Scott. And yeah. I totally like said hello to you on Facebook and I butcher <laughs> everyone's name. So Hey Jim. I'm gonna go home <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> Hi there, Steve. <laughs> I do change everybody's names, but I do have someone now whose name I'm not gonna mention. I got up. it. I got it. You got it? it? Yeah, Thank of you. course. Yeah. I love you. So here's what we have today. This is a partner over at Tex CXO. It's Mike. Mike. Oh, I almost <laughs> had it. Wait a minute. Let me do this. Come on, you have to I was, take a I was so close. He's so uh, sweet. Puchkowski. I mean, yeah. that's who oh, it is. Come there. on. You Perfect. knew that. Yeah. I wrote awesome. that down. I was going to do a great job because I was going to say the same. Butchkowski. Yes. But what it's is a does. very Chicago name. Yeah. 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 Chicago. Name. Chicago. <laughs> Listen, if you're not Sanchez, Mina, or Garcia, I'm going to mess it up. Sorry. Just full disclosure. <laughs> Mike, welcome to the show. We're Thank so you. happy that you're Thank here. You. This is a Chicago name. It's a Chicago show. Tell us what you're doing right now with like the C-level executives. Well, what, what we specialize in is helping mid and small businesses tr- to uh, try and grow. And we would really focus on providing them financial service support, technology support, and marketing and sales support. Um, in our country, the small business sector really drives our economy. And, and, and they don't get the focus from the McKinsey's and the Accenture's. And that's why we're out there helping the owners of these businesses grow their business to employ more people and to create um, uh, taxes and wealth for their organization. And it's a lot of startups as well. When you're actually meeting with these people, they don't actually get a foot in the door if they go to Accenture. So tell them how you actually provide a service that a lot of people, they can't get. Exactly. We're, as a matter of fact, we're working with Workbox, which is one of the new workspaces here that just opened. And what we do with Workbox is uh, twice a week, we'll go in there and and put a desk out with our uh, staff, and then we'll advise the 
companies that are there as to whatever their business problems are. And we do this for free to help them grow. He That's sets awesome. up a table and he people come up to him with problems. This is like something that I wanted to do in college with just people just coming up to me with problems. It was just a failed experiment. So more power to you. <laughs> yeah. And we just had Workbox on uh, last week. Right. It was really great. Yes. And they're an awesome upcoming space. So glad to hear that you're working with them. Well, one of the problems a lot of startups have is the biggest cost they have is the real estate. And so the Workbox and WeWork and all these places, that strips a lot of the cost out. So a lot more businesses can get started, which then ultimately leads to more success. Right. That makes perfect sense. Their co-working space is correct. It allows you to actually have a good address, a main street location, but not pay the big bill. And you'll actually help them with some of these types of things. Exactly. And then the other thing is, is you don't have a long-term contract. So if they need to adjust on the fly because their business didn't grow as fast as they needed to, they can do that in a place like that. Whereas if you rent space at a traditional uh, facility, you're going to sign a lease for five years or three years, depending on what the term. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot. Tell us one of the things that a company that you just worked with that you helped them overcome, something that our listeners could say, oh, I absolutely get it because we're hearing it, but it seems a little bit abstract, right? So it's helpful for us to really say, this is what I do. So tell well, me one of those things that we really did. One of Carla the things that no, it, I do. no matter yeah. what the business is today, they really need to be in the digital media sector. And there's so many people out there that don't know what they're doing at, at the early stage side. And then as they get bigger and have money, they tend to misspend their money. So as an example, y'all have probably heard of Salesforce, right? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Salesforce is actually a very good product, but it is a product for a large corporation. And you have small companies buying this product and it's too expensive and it's too hard for them I to agree use. because <laughs> it's so expensive for me. <laughs> and I feel, right? Yes. No, I seriously, CRMs and, and, and you know, client contact. And in order for us to stay organized, we use these CRMs, but, you know, there's four people on my team and it's like, well, we don't have it, 200 it, agents. And like, what we do is advise, because there's things out there like Agile CRM and even HubSpot right where now. they have CRM for free. What? So they have for you know, startup companies where where th- there's free products out there, and we advise these companies how to use these tools and put them in place so they can actually do things that the big companies are doing on social media and Facebook and all those things like that. I love that. I just made notes on that so I can go home and Google it. I don't know if you guys did. <laughs> it's super cool that you say that, Mike, especially because I think that a lot of people look at a consultant like, am I? is my business the right fit for a consultant? I mean, I have this great idea on how to be an entrepreneur and how to bring in, bring in business and you know cultivate brand awareness and all that good stuff. And we're all on social media. But then how do we start investing in order to get our business to, to that next level? Like, And what is the right size of a company that you'd be able to help? Well, we can help any size company. But um, typically what happens is once a company starts to hit about $5 million, they need to get access to capital. And most people that own companies are not financial people, so they don't know how to run their books. And whether they go to a bank or go to the capital markets, if their books are not aligned properly, they will not get the money. And 50% of small businesses go out of business within the first five years because of that reason. Yeah. And so that's where we step in and help people is to get their books aligned, uh, put a plan together as to where they're going to use the capital. So then whether they go to a bank or some other capital source, they get approved to be able to get the money they need to grow. Great Great stuff. Mike, tell us where we can find you. Everyone that's listening, they want to know. 
Well, right now we're doing a work out of Workbox uh, uh, th- two to three days a week. The rest of the partners, we have six partners in Chicago. We all work out of our homes. We're headquartered in Atlanta where we have 38 people down there, and we have 100 people around the rest of the country. And before you go, I want you to plug the event that's coming up. It's on September 26th. Tell us about that event. Is it at the same location? It's at Workbox. It's September 26th. The topic is how to drive value in the next downturn. So we'll be talking about how small businesses stay alive (laughs) during the next recession, which will happen at some point in time. And you have a website or Facebook account or how do people look you up? Uh, We have a a website. It's www.techcxo.com. And then we also, uh, with Workbox, as well as with Appointment IQ, they have stuff up. And Tony P is sponsoring the event with us. Awesome. Love it. So you don't have one of those cool numbers ticks here on the list? <laughs> well, no, no. <laughs> you got to get with Ken. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's because it's hard to say text, text, CSXO. <laughs> like, how would you say that? Right. Or you could say Butchkowski. Mike yeah. Butchkowski. Whoa. <laughs> oh, look at that. Where did I get in my citizenship? <laughs> Mike, thanks so much for coming in. It's been great to have you. Thank you very much. Thanks Appreciate for being it. Here. Have a nice evening. So much fun. What did you think of that? See, it great. really, the guy's the real deal. He actually pre- presents something that a lot of people don't know. It's if you're a business owner, you have a passion typically for the business, but you might not know how to run the books, right, Tammy? Absolutely. I loved what he had to say about things that would be not shortcuts necessarily, but just things that allow for smaller businesses to be flexible and scalable because they're not automatically giant corporations overnight. And that's going to account for what, 75% of the small businesses in the United States? And I see it. I mean, my contractors, I have, I have a really good contractor and even my brother, right? he's a licensed uh, general contractor and got licensed. But then when you're doing two or 3K loans and doing these rehab loans, these small businesses have to have the money up front to do the renovation, and then the bank pays you in the back end. They don't have the the assets, sometimes the liquid assets, to make these investments and be able to stay afloat or take on these larger, bigger projects that gets your business to the next level. So it's cool that he can look at that and help people grow, especially with getting and securing financing. I think that's that's really good. Yeah, and I'm going to go home and Google that Agile HubSpot. I'm All super right, text curious. Text me the information because I'm so not paying for it. <laughs> well, once you have those business owners and they actually have their books in order, what it does it presents more opportunities for them to go out and buy real estate. If they don't have their books in right, order with their business, you. you're always, yes, it brings it back. Yeah, so you see how so often that they're so passionate about their business, but their numbers just don't work. So working with somebody like Mike will get their books in order, then they'll be it back to buy a place with you, Carla. Yes, that's the idea. And I know somebody else who has great numbers that work. Hello, mm-hmm. Mr. Tony P. Whoop, whoop. Hey, Welcome. Up, How are you, How you sir? Doing? What's up, Mod Squad? Hey. Are you, you're like, like officially part of the Mod Squad yeah. here. I mean, you're in the, the in and the out, and you're doing all these events, and you're helping and supporting. Again, I mean, I said it before, but I, you were such an integral part in getting this event together and helping us get it. I mean, I, I didn't even know anything about you planning, and I was like, Tony. I need right. liquor. Tony, I need this. Tony, I need that. Like, Tony, I need liquor. I need you. <laughs> yeah. Can you come over here? Because Greg wants us to look at the space oh, yeah. so we can sit people. Like, you sit yeah. people? Like, where do you... Yeah, so thank you. Yeah, I like to be like the the wolf on Pulp Fiction. I solve problems. Oh, hey. <laughs> you got a guy. You got a guy. Got a guy. <laughs> That's awesome. So, what are you sharing today? What's going on in the in the size city? Uh, quite a few things going on. So, the next event we're doing is going to be uh, September eighteenth at Fremont. So okay. We're have, uh, about Writing that down. Yeah, about three hundred fifty people there. We're going to have the whole top floor. And I'm sure y'all been to Fremont before. What's pretty cool about that place is that the top opens and the windows open. So 
whether it's, you know, 80s and sunny or 40s and rainy, uh, the show must go on. But we can adapt based on the weather because of the way the place opens and closes. So it should be a pretty cool time. And it's good networking, guys. This is why we have Tony every single time talk about events, because it's not just getting together and drinking. The amount of business that actually goes down at your events, there are so many types of people. So share just a little bit about the people that would want to come to an event like this. Uh, yeah, so definitely uh, business owners, uh, people are executives, uh, salespeople, people in real estate, uh, people in the financial sector. I mean, anybody that wants to meet people to grow their business, to find people they could possibly hire or someone's looking for a job it's also a great place to go because a lot of companies that are hiring or you can meet people that can connect to other people and and something i always tell people when you go to events is you obviously want to meet the people in the room but you want to just make friends and have fun because a lot of times those people are going to introduce you to their networks that maybe aren't at that event that might be a good fit for you too so you just you just never know who somebody knows it's so true and that is one of my favorite <clears throat> things about your tony p events is that they're always so much fun everybody there is having fun when people generally think of networking events they think of these like dull i'm gonna have to go and it's gonna be so painful um these are not painful events these are events that you would want to go to no matter what no matter <laughs> where they are i know because i try to go to all of them yeah. and you get exposed to such really cool spaces right i mean the first not the first but you had one at the wit that was fun um and now here and and it just gets you to understand a lot of people see us in that light and they assume that real estate is all about networking and we're always having fun they don't really get to see us in the you know in in the hustle and bustle things but thank you so much for hustle how do you say that hustle (laughs) no you're saying it right i'm saying we hustle (laughs) i'm going i'm doing this um Tony, because you're here on the, like, I have you in the hot seat and everything, yeah. and it's the event is the 918th, and we have this, like, walk run for St. Jude on the 21st. Yep. So can we get the, the St. Jude crew out there to pass out some uh, flyers for the event? Definitely, definitely. So uh, that's a huge thing, too, that I like to do, is anytime someone's got an event or a cause that they want to push, uh, I always say, come bring, you know, 300 flyers you're that are, like, postcard size, because they're so if they're really big, like, people aren't going to Save no, them. I'm going to put them. in a little business card with my business card yeah. and then head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. When they're smaller, people can put it in their pocket, put it in their bag, whatever. And then also uh, give you a shout out, you know, during the event uh, at eight o'clock, we do the raffles and give you some love that way. So yeah, whatever you need, we, we got you. You are the best. Thank you. See you guys. So one of you, maybe me or somebody, t- like Ken's going to be there. Ken's going to help us uh, pass out the, the, the flyers for, remember, the run walk for St. Jude is on September 21st, and we just got bananas donated, and we also got oranges. I mean, this is important. You, you, you need your potassium, and you need your vitamin yeah. C. Are you a runner, or are you a walker? I'm neither. Okay. I'm, I'm a cheerleader. I'm a runner. You're a runner. Yes. Awesome. You're running? Yeah. No, I'm just saying, if I do those, I run. I don't oh. I don't like walking. Well, I'm the guy year, that Mia hands out the bananas ran. at the end. That's Mia me. I literally just hand them out. That's me. Last year, Mia did the girl on the run, and so we ran together as a family. So it's a great family event. Stroller moms, grab your strollers and come on out, because it's a walking thing, too. So Lots of fun things. I mean, we've really covered it all today, guys. We have. It's been Did a great I miss show. anything? You didn't miss anything. We we only touched on the bears a little bit. So I got yeah, it on, guys. That. No it's one has ever seen me wear yeah, a t-shirt, okay. ever. I mean, you, there's nobody. That, I'm wearing a t-shirt today. So there it is. Well, it's the bears. Oh, it's first time. Moment, it's yeah. the first time in 100 years. Right? Notice how I <laughs> okay, it's officially over as soon as they start talking sports because I know zero about sports. All I know is my son plays hockey and baseball. Don't ask me what position. My <laughs> husband is at that show right now. Or at the show. At the show. At the game right now. 
now. I think they're 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 acting the Bears out. concert. <laughs> the Bears concert. That's how much I know. The Bears about musical. But talk to me about real estate. I'm your girl, Tony. It's always awesome to hang out with you. And thank you so much for sharing your time with us and learning with us and networking through us. If you have any questions about us, our guests, or any other topics, please go ahead and email me at Carla at MarketOverdrive.com, and we'll facilitate all the information and help you grow. And remember, it's creating wealth for your children's children. See you again next time. Oh, 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 oh,